You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You've heard me discuss my relationship with Josh Arnold for some time. The reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As has been said, uh, through all of our relationship, past results do not guarantee future returns. And while that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. You can understand that Josh will make sure you are not paying more in fees than you are seeing in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would like to think. Do yourself a favor and have a booking with Josh for the four. 48-minute free evaluation. This is a no-obligation meeting. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. You will be glad that you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Patrick Royce is a paid endorser. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Royce Unchained. All right, Royce, explain the 2022 Twins to me because uh, every time I'm just about to punt on the season, they they pull a, a rally and start to come back, and now they've won, what, five consecutive games after losing six in a row. Explain this team to me. Uh, I cannot, but I do have a, I think I expressed it a couple of days ago, I have a new theory. They have adjusted to the idea that Buxton is not going to be in a lineup and it's okay to go and play. That's, uh, you know, that uh, he's not uh, he's not a leader of this team in any way. He's not a guy that the thing team has to revolve around. They just have to go out and play. Correa, uh, you know, we've heard all year about the uh, Correa leadership uh, uh, BS. Well, the leadership, I've always said, is a two-run double. And uh, <laughs> He's, we've seen a little more of that too. He's been better at the plate. He's a really good shortstop, and uh, you know Nick Gordon. I will give him credit is a much better uh, hitter hitter than I thought he was. I mean, he's a competitive hitter. He can give you some goofy at bats, uh, but as long as you play him in left field and not center, uh, he's yes. he's okay out there. But I I just think it's saying okay, you know. But Buck, it was nice having you, but. You're hitting 220, and um, you know we we don't need that one home run a week. We can we can play like this, and um, that, that that's just kind of my theory that they that they're not sitting there waiting, no, saying, oh no, we don't have Bucks in the lineup anymore. I, that that just seems to me like they're saying, okay, let's let's see what we got here. So, do you think he's coming back this season or no? Yeah, he might come back, but I don't think it's going to be a you know. It's, uh, I, I, you know, as I say, uh, yeah, you know, why don't they stop telling us, uh, oh, but boy, if he gets better, we're going to have him in New York. And, uh, you know, just, just have him show up. If he's going to, you know, we, we don't know what's going on with him and then have him surprise us one day and be in the lineup. But, I, you know, the, the idea that, uh, you know, that, that suddenly he's going to be out there for the big pennant, for the big division push the last two weeks, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't hold my breath for any of that. Uh, now that we've, uh, now that the, it, it seems to me, don't you think the club got a little tired of it too? And just said, tell us when you're ready, you know, tell us, tell yeah. us when you don't have any hip problems, tell us when you don't have any knee problems. And, uh, beyond that, we'll just uh, play it out here and, and see what we can come up, you know, come up with. And, uh, uh, not only uh, Nick Gordon gets some hits, but how about the revived for at least three days, Jake Cave? Yep. That's uh, yep. That, uh, that's a uh, you know, Rocco had all that faith in Jake Cave all those years, and he disappointed him constantly. And now that they really, really need him, you know, he's he's doing a little something. The other thing I like is okay, Celestino plays center. He's our center. Field. We can put Celestino in center field and not, you know. 
and, and go ahead and play. And this is our this is our regular lineup, and we're not sitting here holding our breath waiting for Buck to come back. That's that's one of my theories, and uh, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think is it September first or second that they get to add two players? Is it when? Uh, when is is it? I think it's the first. first. Twenty eight players. Well, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what the extra player is. I see that Contreras had four hits last night for St. Paul. You know, could be another outfielder, and then you can you can add one pitcher. But pitching's been good too. I mean, yes. what the heck? Uh, the bullpen uh, that McGill says. I mean, he said he was a hard thrower, and they kept him around. But where does a hundred and one come from? Was that that kind of showed up a month ago, didn't it? I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck's going on. So. Uh, but you got some. It, we, we've always talked about having some power arms, and now they got Duran, McGill, and uh, and obviously Lopez. I, I, I consider that to be a power arm too. So the bullpen, the bullpen fix didn't look like it. It was superb yeah, on that on that road trip, but uh, it, it it looks pretty good right now. Now we'll see. They 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 leave town again and. Uh, Boy, the White Sox so packed it. Oh. They, they can go down there, and uh, they, they <laughs> see. They said Tony's feeling ill, yeah. and uh, they giving him a leave of absence. Is that a way? Is that a way not to fire him? I, I'm wondering if that's that's what's going on there because they have, you know, they they perked it up. They got their nose. What are they were only one or they were tied with the Twins and about two out, and now they're not only they're getting beat, they're getting beat by bad teams at home. It's uh yeah it's so it's it's the twins or the G men that's for sure. The Diamondbacks swept them right over the weekend. Yeah, and uh, Kansas City beat them up last <laughs> night. So uh, yeah, they're. Uh, I did see a stat today. I didn't realize this that the uh, Cleveland ends the season with six home games against uh, Kansas City. Saw that. What, yes. What is that? Uh, like rainouts and a season a series canceled at the start of the year? Probably maybe probably something like that, but. Uh, this is that's going to be like uh, all the Cleveland players who've been playing in the minor leagues this year will be get, be used to this a six game series against uh, the same team. So uh, it, it's uh, it, it is uh, it is odd as as horrible as it looked when they arrived and when Rocco said to us before the homestand started on that Friday, saying. Uh, well, this could turn out to be our best fourth of the season, our best forty games of the season, and we all say, "Yeah, okay, Rocco, yeah, we we we, we believe that." But uh, you know, they they won a couple of games, and Boston is a a mess. And uh, what's happened to Boston? I don't know. They, they, you know, Alex Cora was going to be the manager of the year through the season, and they're terrible. I don't know. They. Uh, uh, when uh, Devers, the, well, the, the pitchers are running out there. I mean, the last two nights is this the no Walker yeah. Crawford or whatever the hell his name was, and then some other guy. I mean, they got, you know, they, you know, they did some things, too, at the training deadline. They brought in uh, uh, Hosmer. They, Hosmer, they took off San Diego's hands, right? But he yes, isn't playing. as a favor, basically. Yeah, he isn't playing. And then uh, they got Tommy Pham and uh, – Crazy Tommy fam, the guy who wants to fight you over the fantasy football. Jock uh, Peterson, uh, who could and, crush him like a bug. Yeah, yes. Jock's a big guy. But, uh, yeah, they. Uh, I heard him, you know, they had that sellout streak that had the last eight, nine years. It, it had already ended before the pandemic. But uh, I was watching their game the other night, and uh, I heard their announcer say, a good crowd here tonight, 31,000 in Fenway. So, mm. uh the, They've uh, they have irritated their fandom, that's for sure. Since they, you know, that great powerhouse team that won the World Series, and they kind of faded ever since. That that outfield looks like the bad news bears. Verdugo out there is a, I didn't realize he's a train wreck. Yeah, he started the rally last night. He did. There. Did they didn't they didn't call that a hit? Did they? Oh, I hope not. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. he just he flat out dropped it that ball, yeah. but. He ran then, twenty feet. He ran twenty feet, though. If you run twenty feet now, they give it a hit. So. Yeah, that that's true. But on on the Urshela attempted triple before that, that the uh, the outfielders, I don't know what they were doing or thought, but the ball like skidded by Ver, Verdugo, and he had absolutely no clue 
They don't. They. I would say this. They are mentally on a golf course. Oh yeah, yeah. They they're going. To, if it was hockey, they'd be going to the lake early, right? They did. Yes. They, they, the they'd, already, they'd already figured out when the when the cottage. Who from the family is going to be at the cottage? What weeks? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know that we our month is uh, May. We will take May this year because we're coming home early. We're water skiing in May. Yes, it's uh, yeah. It I don't know. It's uh, you know I nobody's written them off more than me oftener, more yeah. often than, than me. So I don't know. I'm I couldn't have been more confident in my pessimism than I was when they came home from that god-awful road trip where they couldn't get a run. And now they, well, in this series, how many they scored? They had, I mean, these two games they had. About 32, they had, right? They had 10 two days ago. I mean, not this series, this homestand. 32, I think. They've had 10 and 9 on the homestand, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, wow, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say, I guess. Uh, you know, the pitching's Chris Archer was, you know, terrible again, but he still can't lose the game. So that that's pretty. That's what you like to see. You score some runs. Uh, Nick Gordon hitting a salami is uh, not something I expected either. On an old two count, too, right? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Uh, yeah. What is available, stat wise? That I see we got a box in the morning paper on how many grand slams have been hit on old two counts. By the Twins in the last thir- 35 years, dating back to, I believe it's a Jim Dwyer Grand Slam off of Bobby Thigpen of the White Sox in like 89. It's yeah. fantastic. I love you it. You can't do that by looking through baseball reference. Some stat, stat I, I don't know. There's there's no, when Phil Miller's there, there's no stat I can ask for that he can't find in about four minutes by putting this whatever uh, site it is that I think that I don't know if it's public or not, but uh, that, you know, when did this happen? Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, it is astounding noise. I thought, you know, uh, in olden times, how long it would have had taken us to find that out? Oh, oh you would have been at the bar. You wouldn't have tried to find out. <laughs> no, we would You would have been like, let's go downstairs to the, the you would have Met Stadium it a Club. Occurrence. You would have called it a rare occurrence. <laughs> yes, exactly. That would have been good. Enough. Could could you have asked Tommy, hey, Tom, can you go downstairs <laughs> and look this up? Yeah. Go bleep yourself. Mm-hmm. Tom wouldn't have said it, but that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Different sport, but everything. The, the 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 fox, the fat fox, Don Bryant at Nebraska. Yep. SID, the one of the world's greatest guys. You'd ask him for information. He'd nah, come on, let's go have a drink. Don't worry about that <laughs> stuff. Let's go to the. He used to have the big blast, the Friday night blast before Nebraska football games. Was the was at the Legion Club in uh, in uh, in Lincoln. And, uh, yep. Know, that was. That was not to promote the team. That was for conviviality. That uh, that that thing. And, and that would have been the greatest era to cover sports possible. Oh, yeah. Those fr- Friday night smokers before the Big Ten football games yes. would have been. I wish I hadn't the missed that. Smokers were at the low and uh, low rung of that. They were too cheap, you know. But the, the the towns that really, you know, Iowa and Nebraska and those places had fantastic smokers, and nobody beat Nebraska because, uh, you know. The SIDs back then were, uh, I never went to any of them in the South, but I, I knew some of those SIDs from the ACC in the South. Those must have been unbelievable. Because <laughs> those guys were the kings of conviviality, those guys. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that days, that days of yours long. <laughs> yes, it but, is. Anyway, hey, beat Boston again tonight and. Then you get to go play the Whiteys, right? Yes. And then, yep. then the off, yeah, for, for that's what I'm I'm curious about that one. Four against the Yankees there. Yeah, and this is not the Yankees that were rolling earlier nope. in the year, but they're still the Yankees. And uh, you know, our our you know, the Oakland just beat the Yankees back to back out in Oakland, but that doesn't mean our boys are you know, it, you always say this is a different group of players, right? And then mm-hmm. what's happened in the past, you know. <laughs> yes. But in the, in the Yankees' case, it's their 
whether it's mystical or not. I mean, it's usually based on the fact the Yankees are better than the Twins, right? That's yep. that's that's the number one part of the jinx. But it is there that they go and just get beat. They 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 can't beat them, and so if they go in there and win one out of two out of four, that would be that would convince me that something's going. Two on. out of four, I'd, I'd be impressed. Oh yeah, yes, I'd be impressed. But it is remarkable how the hell that that's one of the weirdest things in, in sports, Pat. How do you figure that you know since what now approximately two thousand four, one team with you know everyone changed now, one yes. team can can intimidate you that much? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean to the point that the games really aren't competitive. Generally speaking, uh, when you're playing them, it's not like ooh, you know, they're not. In, in my knowledge, in my memory here, it's not like they're kicking games away, you know. I mean, they had, I think it all started with Juan Rincon slider to Ruben Sierra in uh, 06, right? 04. Mm-hmm. I, a, a, young, a young Declan Goff was in the uh, right was field, left field bleachers waiting for that one. Yep, yep. 04. Was it 04? Yeah, it was 04. Yeah. And that, they were going to, that was going to tie up the series. They Correct. were ahead, what? I think it, I think it was Four to one, five to one going into the eighth yeah. or something. And, and yeah. when Lonnie hadn't given up a run in two months. And yeah. uh, he came out and then he, what was his great quote about? Nobody would like to be in my pants right now. Like <laughs> I don't that. remember the quote, but I remember, <laughs> I remember Ruben Sierra like putting a ball basically in the roof is, a, is essentially what I, yeah. what I remember. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, that was when Gardy, uh, uh, gave him the big pregame speech. We're going to kick their bleep today, and then we're going to go to New York tomorrow and kick their bleep and <laughs> date their women. <laughs> date their... <laughs> and then, uh, and it looked like it was going to happen. I mean, that place was rocking that afternoon. Remember Declan, man? It was yes. loud in there. And it was rocking. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it was a lot of optimism, and uh, oof. Why <laughs> he gave up that old run? It went, whoosh. And 18 years now. Been that way ever since. Eighteen years of that crap. Yes, I might have to go back and relive the Wani. Uh, that might, when that series starts, it might be fun to write about the uh, the Wani. Uh, Nobody Wani. wants to be in my pants. giving up the home run. Nobody wants to be in my pants anymore. Anyway, I got a question about the Vikings cuts for you. Yeah, what about that Conklin guy? Did they give him away? Uh, no, he he signed as a free agent with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Had he been around that long? I and got a decent little payday. Yeah, yeah. F- first contract. Yeah, okay. Was up. I, so he he'd been here four years. Huh? Mm-hmm. He was okay. He wasn't a bad back. He could catch some passes. Got to play quite a bit because of course Irv Smith kept getting hurt. But uh, and where's this Ellison guy? He's a blocker, right? Yeah, he's uh, a blocker. Yeah, where's he from? He's a is he NDSU guy? That's right, what I yeah, thought. Right. I thought he was an NDSU guy or something like that. Just a, just a, just he. He's yes, a, he was a. a he's a, one of us. Agent. He's one of us. Where he's he from, from? Uh, Holly, Minnesota. Holly, yeah, Holly, Minnesota, mm. right? Yeah, that's outstanding. And he NDSU guy and was yep. a blocker there. Was he a? Was he a rookie or? Uh, no, I think he was a practice squad guy previously, right? Yeah, I think he uh, he was a UDFA pat with the Jags uh, a few years ago, and okay. I think the Vikings put a claim on him last year, and he's just, just been kicking around. He's just yeah. been kicking around. But, well, good, go Holly. They'll be very excited up there. How about that? And uh, although we don't know if these backups, we don't know. That's what I was going to say. I yes, and on the waiver wire here, obviously. more changes to come, Patrick. We oh, we yeah. were. I, Shaving off cap room aggressively yesterday, and I think they're trying to add. Mm-hmm. And probably would that be uh, would that be the number one place they're trying to add tight end? Uh, um, tight ends, I would say defensive end. Now that they surprisingly saved and cut Armin Watts, what was that about saving? Like, they can't have been saving money. Much. Yeah, but he what was he making? A million. Uh, m- about a million more plus that than the guy that they got from the Texans who can't mm-hmm. stop the run. I think that I think they might be targeting Sue to sign him after week one. What? Uh, it's not guaranteed uh, at that point. 
it's uh, that's that seems to be a whole lot of interior linemen to have on the roster, considering you're going to play a three four, isn't it? Rotations, uh, five. Rotations now, man. They 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 bring yeah, guys they in. Then you got two. Yeah, okay. I guess maybe I'm. Wrong. But I mean, it's different packages, different downs, nickel, blah 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 blah. So that okay. that's why. I also I also think that there might be a last gasp attempt to find a center. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot to get a job someplace. Then huh? was he was he serviceable? Oh, yeah. Was yes. he serviceable? Good, 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 solid, not great player. So, when do you know if these guys got claimed or not? This afternoon. Okay. All right. So, and this afternoon, you know if they claim somebody too, right? Correct. They claim somebody. So uh, it's funny, though, the old, uh, the easiest, you know, the easiest thing in football to get right now is we thought they were going to trade Madison, maybe a running back. There's, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the waivers, it, you know, but nobody wants to pay a running back anymore. No, it's smart, too. I wouldn't. You'll pay, you pay one, right? But not, you're not going to oh, pay. Yeah. You're not, even if you're the best in the league, you're going to make nine, ten million. And mm-hmm. if you're, uh, you know, if you're, a journeyman making two and a half. Good luck. Three, right? Yes. What's Madison making? Three? Um, three. I, I would Maybe have to look. Maybe not even that much. Huh? Those yeah, well, he he's on the he's on the last year of, of his contract, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's his first contract. So, yeah, n- not a ton. Not much. Why don't they uh, – the, the, the running backs should form their own union – and file a class action suit against the NFL about being beat up. We're going to beat the crap out of you for four years and then let you go. It's Isn't it incredible what's happening? Oh, yeah. No position has changed. Uh, yep. No no positions, economics have changed more than that one. I mean, what was who was the – why are they doing this? Was Zeke the last, like, pay the guy the moon contract for a running back? Calvin is one of them. Yeah, and yeah. Zeke, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Delvin, but yeah. Cook got paid big but, time, but and I, I guarantee you, but he's only making about eleven, right? Uh, yeah, but he's, but he's these guys 11. wouldn't pay him huh? now. The, these oh, guys yeah. wouldn't pay him now. No, he's making less than Thielen, isn't he? He's a hell of a lot better at his position than Thielen is. Probably oh, making less than. Oh Thielen. boy, don't say that. I just People are going to be very upset at you. I, I don't care. Oh boy. I feel it is more replaceable than Dalvin Cook, in my opinion, but maybe not relied on as much. I don't know. But you're right. No position has fallen. I, I don't think it's sports, Pat. No position has fallen more as, as like, a pre, you know, it used to be considered a premium position. Chuck yeah. Foreman, Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders, right? And you're right. Now it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll find one. That's one thing. Green Bay's got to be looking around saying, we're paying our running backs a lot of money, aren't we? For two of them to keep it, it's great having two. It's great having that package of uh, one great all-around running back, and then this moose that can come in and beat people up. But that you can't afford to. Both those. Uh, and Dylan hasn't gotten paid yet, has he? He must still be on his first contract over there, right? Uh, with a year to go or something. But that they got to look at their roster too and say, "Well, we, we can't keep both these guys around at this kind of money." So, no, that's probably especially, true, especially with their uh, with their problems. So, mm-hmm. I'm very curious. I'm uh, I'm, all, I'm I'm almost more curious about what the Packers are going to look like with no receivers when they come in here than I am what the Vikings are going to look like. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Now. It, it, the other thing is with I know they have two weeks to practice and stuff and get ready but do you think because nobody plays in the in the exhibition games anymore that it's going to be a it, it's often a cluster early and unpredictable but do you think it's going to be more of the more of a cluster than ever yes i do i mean you got you know, talk about cousins not playing how many guys do they have that didn't play it now oh my god 20? Twenty on the at, roster, le- at least, right? We had seventeen that were out one day. Or was it seventeen the first two weeks ago? And then 
23 or 30. The starting offensive line played played the first couple series of the first game and then didn't play again. Skill position-wise, I don't think anybody played, yeah. right? It'll be interesting to see if the if the offenses look like totally disorganized. It, it's going to be, you know, it's different. It's different than, uh, you know, actually playing is different than not playing at all. I mean, the offensive line, they always played what into the played a quarter in one of the, in the, one of the first two games, and then into the sometimes into the third quarter in the second exhibition or the third. Third, was, yeah. It's uh, it's it it's, but as long as they're all close like they were last year, the NFL doesn't care. As long as uh-uh. it can be the ugliest game of all time, ugly does not make football bad. Ugly makes baseball <laughs> bad. Ugly makes basketball bad. Hockey, it doesn't make hockey bad because you can't tell anyway because it's uh, they're running up and all over. But it, it doesn't make football bad if it's close, right? If it's close, uh-huh. nobody cares. Uh-huh. You know, ugly sometimes is good. So Well, it, it's weird too because – because the one thing that inevitably suffers at the beginning of the, the season in football is tackling, but yes. the lack of good tackling leads to more points, which yes. the league actually loves. And yes, so it's this right. weird, like, it's like people <clears throat> can't tackle, but the league's like, okay, well, a team scored 42 points instead of 28 points. So we're happy. Did we see a bonanza of, uh, of, uh, contact, uh, Beyond five yards, contact penalties called in the exhibition games. That, that, that supposedly that's their emphasis this year. Yeah, it started out that way. It felt it felt like the first game that the Vikings played. There were a bunch of them, and then they scaled back. I, I bet mm-hmm. you in week one we see it a ton. Like yeah, for the first is, month, we'll see it a lot. Why? Why are they doing that? I mean, there's enough advantages now for receivers that uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get what we're doing. It's it's now called a point of clarification, too. Seifert okay. told me it's it's, it's not it's a point of emphasis. Point of emphasis. It's now it, a point of clarification. <laughs> they're great, aren't they? Oh God! With, uh, with their jargon, point of clarification. And you know what? The TV guys will be saying point of clarification. They will be drilled into them. This is not a point of emphasis. This is a point of clarification. They have a. Uh, they have a special committee in the NFL offices among their thousands of employees who think up phrases, right, to use. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? A point of clarification. That's fantastic. That, that's great. And you're right. Jim Nance will, will make it very clear. This point of clarification is important yes. because because yes. of X, Y, and Z. I'm very yes. glad they're doing this. You're right. Yes, yes, yeah. It's it's. it's it's uh, terrific. What time do uh, we kick off with the Packers? Is that a nooner? No, it's a three fifteen, I believe. Three fifteen. Okay, so we it's get a three the, o'clock type game. We get yeah, the prime time. Uh, that's the network prime time. Whatever. Fox. Yeah. So, so uh, well, thank God that was a make from. I hope that our. Uh, I hope our uh, Mindot is not uh, doing construction over there on the uh, on. Uh, uh, 35, uh, I, I mean, on, four, on 94, heading west after that game. Oh, and that St. Paul tangle there could be uh, with drunken Packer fans. Because I got news for you, Kevin O'Connell. People are going to sell their tickets. There's a certain price. When when your tickets get to a certain price, you're going to sell them. Right? And watch Absolutely. And go get hammered. You can either get hammered in the stands and have spent your own money or you can get hammered somewhere else watching it with friends and get 3000 bucks a ticket. So yes, right. which, which pays for, for the rest of your tickets, which is yes. why people do it. It actually makes sense. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's a very, uh, very, very good strategy. He has to learn Pat. And, and we, we go through this, especially in this sport with everyone who's new, he has to learn what he can control and can't control um, because right now he sweats way too many details that he has no control of. No, no. It's, 
It's probably a paranoia he learned from uh, McVeigh, though, right? Oh, yeah. And football, I think. Mr. Secret, yes, yes. I still think, well, you know, one of the highlights of the year, the the, the exhibition parts in the run-up here, uh, was the, uh, the, one of the best things the Star Tribune did in recent times was that full page of the 29 assistants. <laughs> you look at that and you say, what? What? It's unbelievable. It is. 29 like this, assistants. This thing? It's, un- yeah, it, it, it's incredible. I wonder what Bud thought out there in Gordon, Wisconsin, when he saw that. What's this payroll? Just this payroll? Yeah. It's, you know, and the way they guard their expensive dollars, you would think that they would have a coaching staff uh, salary cap, too, you know, the NFL but to keep. But, you know, colleges, they supposedly, as a cost-saving measure, what, you could only have nine or ten coaches? Well, now they've got, what's, Saban's got like 17 consultants, right? The, the yeah. High-priced consultants. Yes. They, you know, they just, they just can hire as many people as they would. They can spend all the money they want on uh, coaches now. It's, uh, it's uh, crazy. I mean, I don't. I think it's hilarious that you have a head coach who's a quarterback and a offensive coordinator who's a heavy quarterback guy, and then a quarterback coach and an assistant quarterback coach. You got two quarterbacks and four coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I guess one guy with the with the uh, practice squad. So, uh, what what are the rumors? Is Mon going to the practice squad, or are they going to if they find if there's some other young guy floating around, might they go with him? The rumor is that uh, that Kirk was politicking hard for Mannion to make the roster. They, they were going to get him through to the roster, and then. And I don't know whom we're told a young player, I think on defense was probably going to be claimed. So they cut him. But now the thought process is Mannion's going to be signed to the practice squad and Mond might be out completely. Really? Wow. That would be because uh, Kirk would... wants Mannion here. And the, the, the cutting, and the, 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 the slashing of the roster was when in doubt, they got one of Rid or one of Rick's guys to make it look like, they, uh, you know, they freaking screwed everything up. They got rid of Rick's guys and kept their own guys, right? They kept nine of their rookies, right? Yeah, and three and three of the four third-round picks from Rick's last draft class yeah. were cut. That's incredible to me. Yes, and it's and I don't think it's unintentional. <laughs> Do you? I I mean, but the thing about it is, I can't blame them. Chess yeah. Surratt was a converted quarterback to li- linebacker. Why the hell would you take him in the third round? I never understood that one. Yeah, he's probably uh, he's a guy that's probably not going to get signed, right? He's, he's no nobody might even claim him and put him on their practice squad. He's right. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I mean, it was a. I I always said, and you guys know this to be true. Give me one guy with a chance to. Be a difference maker. In other words, give me, you know, and over five bodies any day. There's bodies all over the place. You gotta, you gotta take your best, the best draft choices you can get. You gotta keep them and take. Now these are third rounders that they screwed up, but uh, you you know, difference makers are all that matter in sports. There's guys everywhere. Look, Look at look at your sport, hockey. There's, you know, there's difference makers. Yep. And then there's interchangeable. Then there's 10 interchangeable guys. on every Lots roster. of J caves in my sport. Yes, there are. There are. I think they signed a J cave yesterday, right? They some did. Guy that, yeah. Some guy that had six goals. Sam Steele, Sam right? Steele. That's goals. a great name, by the way. Great hockey yeah. player. Yeah. We, uh, like we reinforced, Dino. we reinforced up front and then I looked and I said, he had six goals in four years or something. I mean, <laughs> I, can't, I can't get overly excited. So, anyway. Hey, go, go for start tomorrow. Yeah, they're 37-point your... favorites <laughs> in that. And that might be, uh, that might be modest. 
uh, and and the, the the crowd will be able to celebrate the utter humiliation of Jerry Kill. So they'll they'll be happy about that. What what's your guess uh, on points on points that Fleck tries to score against Kill? I don't know how he's going to handle it. I you know I, I I don't know I don't know him well enough to uh, to know whether he would like to uh, put up sixty against them or not. I don't know I don't know if he's taking all this stuff personal or not. I mean, to me, as I said to some big uh, Fleck fans out there yesterday at the fair, isn't this humiliation enough that Jerry's got one of the five worst jobs in the country? You know, and he's down there talking into the wind. What does anybody care? What does he, I mean, this is, he's, we, I was on with Barrero trying to sell books yesterday, and uh, Mason showed up, and which was pretty hilarious because he, he, he said, there's only two guys at the fair I don't like, and they're both here. And me. That's a pretty good. That, that's very good. I like that. Well, he was hysterical, but I said, "Come on!" And it, he was talking about, you know, he says he had the same angle I did. That that's one of the worst jobs. He said that might be the worst job in America that uh, Gil has. He said, "You know, they shot off the atomic bomb right next to that first place in the prize." I said, "Yeah, I pointed that out." I read your column about it. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down here. We stopped blowing up nuclear weapons here uh, a couple weeks ago. So don't worry about it. Why do you think Kill can't give it up? I think because people keep asking him about it and he's going to give him an honest answer. Oh, no, no, no. Coaching. Like oh, he coach. stepped down here. Coach. He had the health problems. He's had more I problems. Don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, he's uh, I know the, uh, you know, the, I know the wife stopped following him around the country. She's back home with the grandkids in, Ooh, in Illinois. Okay. So, yeah, she, she uh, was not, I mean, I didn't talk to him about it, but I know that from his friends that uh, she's, uh, when he went to TCU, uh, you know, it, it is funny that, not funny, but it's, he was coming back from Rutgers, right? He was driving back from Rutgers. I called him on his cell phone. She was driving him. Yeah, it was a couple of days before Christmas. They were going to go home to their house in Illinois. The grandkids, they had a new grandkid or two. Uh, and the he had a kind of a cheery tone in his voice. And it was like, okay, this is it. I, I tried it again at Rutgers. It didn't work. I got, I got sick again. I, I hung in there through the recruiting period because we were talking to some quarterbacks. But I'm driving back, and I, I really that time thought he was done in hell since then. He's been an AD. He's been at TCU. He's been uh, – now he takes this head coaching job at the end of the earth. I, I don't know what it is. It's just addicted to football, I guess. I, I don't know. He's chasing that uh, success and popularity that he had in Minnesota that he's never going to be able to have again. So that's what I think. He's somehow chasing that. And as you saw, you read that thing I wrote, he – three, four times. He said, I've never been the same since I left Minnesota. So I don't know though. I mean, what, why people, I'm not the guy to lecture people on why they can't give things up. So, <laughs> I'm not Yeah. Them. Yeah. But your, but your job is what I would consider to be a fun job and you yeah, follow yeah. sports. The coaching let's, you know, yes. coaching sucks. Yes, it does. There's nothing good about it. Especially when you take, defeats as hard as he did. Yes. You know, I mean, after that Kent State game, he's a very sensitive guy. Inspired. I, I don't know if sensitive is the word. He's haunted by defeat in that Kent State game when they got booed at halftime and they they played terrible. Because they went in that year with expectations, 14, right? And uh, they, they beat Kent State, which was a terrible team, 14 to 7, and that's what he said. Maybe I'm a bad coach. You know, and a, to a Chris forward. Long question, the nicest guy on the face yeah, of the earth, yeah. and he asked basically a strategic type of question. Yeah, and uh, who was it? Chip was saying yesterday that he had written something, and Jerry called him up and was on the phone with him for 45 minutes explaining. He doesn't, he wasn't screaming. He wasn't a guy who'd call you up and badmouth you, you know, he'd call up and, but he, and, and that happened to me too with him when Sid wrote that the, 
the uh, I was in Florida. I was in spring training, and uh, or I was down there staying for a couple of months anyway. And uh, just Sid wrote that uh, uh, they should give him the job as the liaison between oh, yeah. the football program and the president. Yes. Uh, wasn't it the president, right? He, was he wanted to be right. the GM. Yeah, he was going to be the GM. Well, Tracy <laughs> Plays didn't want him to be the GM, for one. And I wrote just a blog. I, I saw Sid wrote this, and I basically that night I just wrote a blog saying this is the stupidest idea ever. It doesn't work. It's nonsense. And I slept in later that morning than I normally did. And uh, when I got looked at my phone, I had like five calls from Jerry Kill uh, trying to get a hold of me. And I called him back, and it was like, Again, it was like 40 minutes, not yelling, not screaming, but just trying to explain why this was a good idea. And he wasn't crazy, but he's, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, it's a bad profession to not being able to take criticism. I don't blame him for seeing year zero and uh, from a guy who inherited a defense that had five NFL, like five guys who played in the NFL on it. I don't, I don't blame him for. Uh, defending Tracy and himself because that's that's one program, right? The kill plays. It's a it's an yeah. era, right? Because he came in as an inner. He had to fill in for Jerry that one year for six games, right? Mm-hmm. Then he coached six games one year or five games or something because they plays. had yeah they had uh, who they have beat in uh, Michigan Michigan beat, Halloween beat, night yeah and they they let the clock run down so that year. Was uh, I mean that was a, that was a good. It, it, as I've said before, no no coach in Minnesota football. Every other coach who came in is because somebody got fired, right? For ineptitude, except Holtz, you know, leaving, and then Goody took over. The Goody been on the staff, but no coach inherited a better situation than him, personnel wise, uh, than uh, than Fleck did. So I'm sure that you know that no one knowing how Kill reacts to other criticisms. I, I can see how this drove him nuts, but he, you know, he would have been better off if he never told the boys at the Big Ten that, hey, by the way, I want to tell you what a jackass uh, P.J. Fleck is. When it was, I think he was a AD at Southern Illinois when that all came, wasn't it? He was, I think he had. Oh, I, yeah, I've lost track of when he said, yes, that's probably right. I think it was 2019 and he hadn't gone to, he hadn't gone to TCU back, so he was, you know, he was. He never thought he'd be looking across the field playing him on a right on a, on a Thursday night with a terrible team from New Mexico State. But that's the reality, and he'll show up, and whether they shake hands or not, who gives a damn? So. That's the most overrated thing in all of sports. Football mm-hmm. coaches, we we always now say, "Hey, I can't wait for the hand." Who cares? Worst tradition, worst tradition that hockey has ever passed along to anybody. Handshakes? Handshakes. The handshake line. We Billy Smith have... refused to do it. Hmm? Bill, Billy Smith refused to do it. He he said, I just spent like seven games trying to yeah. kick your ass, and then you want me to go through a line and congratulate or shake hands. Well, we didn't. Didn't we used to do it just at the end of the Stanley Cup? And now we got to do it at every playoff series. As long as I can recall, it's going to be the end of time, series. And now we can have, you know, Cass and Manorville playing Kenyon in a football game. When and I'm not saying this is the fact, but they can both be one and seven, and they got to line up and shake hands with each other. What are you doing? You had a terrible year. Get off the field. Don't go <laughs> shaking hands. I hate sportsmanship. It's overrated. You know, the worst things about the high school tournaments are we got to introduce 150 people. You know, state basketball tournament. Here's the cheerleaders. Here's the student manager. Here's the, you know, here's the A students. Just play the damn game. Introduce the starting lineup. Throw the ball up and let's go. We don't need all this nonsense. That was sportsmanship. Overrated sportsmanship. That's, That's something I forgot to write a chapter about in the book. Oh, how's, how's the the book doing? You and Scoggins. We had some action, had some action yesterday. The the trouble is, 
or yeah. making his appearances. There's people have some enthusiasm, but there's nobody's got any books. So I mean, no, nobody's the Star Tribune booth has got the books, I guess. But that's that's the only place. It's the uh, you know, it's a it take you four hours to read it. It's like this thick. It's it's only a couple hundred pages, and uh, it only costs eighteen bucks. It's a trade paperback. It's like it's more like a more more like a novelette than a than a uh, than a book. So uh, you know, but it's it's fine. We're trying to uh, line up one signing, maybe Ooh. at your place, Surly. Oh really? A a beer and a book, twenty five bucks. Wouldn't that be a hell of a deal? Oh, I might come and buy one. I'm, I'm what, beer, I'll do that. What, what beer could we get that's cost about seven bucks? Um, uh, most of the beers there are class. about seven huh? bucks. Uh, you can do just about any beer there. That's about seven bucks, right? Yeah, right, Chad? A beer, a beer or and a cheaper book. than that. Yeah. yeah, beer and a book, right? I so, like that idea. Let's yeah. talk to our people. And if, if, if we if can some, arrange that, if some sober person shows up and doesn't want to buy a beer, then they can give that beer to somebody else, right? But exactly right. Beer in a box. You gotta buy the beer too, right? Yeah. No, even if this you is a hell of a marketing beer, idea, Pat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's uh it was I gotta say when Mason showed up yesterday, it was pretty funny. Because we were it was kind of a who treated you worse <laughs> among these two guys, Pereiro and I. Because I, I accuse Barrero of being the biggest hypocrite ever, becoming Mason's big buddy. Yes, ripped him every. <laughs> I've but always Mace, said, yeah. but isn't it? It's nice now. Mace was a bitter when he first, you know, got run off. Oh God, But he's it's now a, you know, he's now one of the everybody loves him now. Because I've always said he he definitely went to Lu- Louis and said Louis. What did How'd you do? do How'd yeah. you do this? Because yeah. I've never seen a guy transform from being just despised by a lot of people to being. Now, Matthew was in the stands for no reason chanting fire Mac, fire Mason. Yes. But you know what? Talk about a turnaround. I never thought of this, but when I was writing the, the, uh, the kill column and making fun of look, look at Las Cruces's organization, 2000. I mean, 1999, mm-hmm. they were in the Sun Bowl with a, against a good Oregon, Joey Harrington in Oregon. I remember. That was only year three, and he was yep, he was down at the bottom. He, that was a pretty quick turn, and then he said 98, we were pretty good too. So it, he only really had one horrible year. Uh, they, <laughs> they faded at the end, like the last three years, they couldn't play any defense. But, uh, God bless was, him, but Wacker left that program in disarray. Yeah. I there was I ran across one of their I was looking something up six months ago and it was a a game that they had pulled out at the end, you know, the Gulf Mason's team. Yep. Hey, and I called them up and I said, I just found out something. You actually had a couple of wins when you guys came back instead of throwing them away. Instead of calling them up. Again, kicked in the groin at the end. You kicked the other team in the groin at the end. He said, I told you that. You know, he was, he was, he appreciated that. He was, yeah, you can call him up now and joke with him, you know. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah. When he uh, was the turkey of the year, whatever year that was, Dick Ames, uh, Tied a live turkey to his front steps for whatever he went out. When he went out to pick up the paper in the morning, they had a, a turkey tied out. The, and I don't know if he thought it was funny or not, but a pretty good practical joke. So that is excellent. Yes. Hey, hey, last thing. Um, you, you did a column. I think it was for to, to yesterday's strip. Um, was it twenty one? Twenty one with Koski's team in in, in the uh, Class C yeah. state yeah. amateur. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, five hours and thirty-six. Wow. Loretto and uh, Bird Island, Ooh. and uh, they went. Uh, the, the Josh Kingery was a starting pitcher for uh, 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 as a drafted pitcher from Atwater for Bird Island, and he's uh, Mike Kingery's kid. Throws mm-hmm. hard. The people he never went to college, so I think he's two years out of high school now. Maybe only a year, but. Some people thought he was going to get signed after the draft this year, but he didn't. Uh, he pitched the first 12 for uh, <laughs> He pitched 12? He pitched the first 12 for Bird Island, threw about 150 pitches. And uh, 
he but Koski hit a home run off him in the in the in the seventh inning on a on a ninety one mile hour fastball. He got around on it, and uh, and then but in the midst of this game that went twenty one innings, mm-hmm. Bird Island had a nine inning no hitter. <laughs> they had a they had nine innings, but. Uh, Bird Island tied it in the bottom of the eighth, and then nobody scored again until the 21st. And it ended at 12.15 in the morning on a sacrifice fly. And here's the best stat on that. I, now, I had a lot of stats on that, but yeah. I got a stat today. A young man down there or last night named Lucas Van Sickle, a young young man from Dundas. Mm-hmm. They give you a, ba- a buck a ball when they bring back, they have sponsors in, when they bring back foul ball. A buck a ball. Apparently, Lucas stayed till the bitter end. Eighty-two bucks he made. Wow! Turning foul balls. He must be, you know, that race you see by the kids. Uh, whether yeah, they're giving him a buck a ball. Eighty-two bucks for one kid. That tells you how long that how long those games were on. Uh, that That's a hell of a first day. step, Pat. All day Sunday. Yes, that kid's. Uh, that kid is uh, quick. He's probably the most unpopular kid in Dundas right now because he beat everybody to all those foul balls. 662 pitches and 48 strikeouts. And they only had one hitter who came to the plate that did not strike out at one point in the, in the game. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, 21 innings. And, uh, and Koski's what now? 48? Is that what you're 49. 49. 49, and he's, uh, I talked to him, he called me back on uh, yesterday morning, about 8, and uh, and uh, he's got a son, Sam, who's a 12, 12 and they're in 8th grade, and he thinks he's got to pay five, play play five more years to play with all five, four of his sons, he's got four four sons, he's got three sons on the team now, but he's, they're waiting, he's, he wants to play with Sam, too, now that might have to be an honorary game. Right, maybe after Sam joins the team, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was that was just some somebody. Billy Nelson is a friend of mine who runs the Dundas operation. Texted me like late at night saying they're entering the 18th inning. So then I started monitoring them to see what was going on, and uh, yeah, you know, you can watch all those games on that sport TV or this thing that. Uh, you can watch prep games on too. The, I think the name is different than it was. It was Prep Spotlight or something, but you can watch all the town team games on that thing too. You buy nine bucks a month or something like this. Really? Yeah, yeah. You can watch. I have no idea. Watch all the games. Used to used to get the scores two days later by carrier pigeon, and now you and now well, you can call watch. the strip with them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and hope that yeah, we'll call them tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. The most amazing thing of our lifetime, Judd, is minor league baseball. Yep. You can you can you can get play by out by out on minor league baseball. We used to run the Minnesotans in the minor leagues with six day old stats that was published on Sunday and about three days after a game was played, the twins' notes would include some highlight from some yeah, hey, Billy Bush hit Two home runs down there in Orlando. Three Derek days. Parks. Yeah, yeah, right. Derek Parks. All right. All we right. will talk to you next week, Patrick. All right. Well, All right. Uh, might talk you to uh, might talk to you tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. But uh, oh yeah, on on, be on wrap with Royce. Yeah, I'm saying so, on uh, chain. We'll so many different up. shows. We'll have the final wrap up of the Twins roster. I mean the uh, Vikings, Vikings roster. Maybe. All, All right, right, sir. See, See ya. Goodbye.